0: Astoria to the Rockaways, it's time for the Queen's New Yorker, and here is the man giving you all the info, your uber snazzy and jazzy host, Mr. Jason DeCunia. Kelly, wow! What a group in the audience today, and of course my Saturday people are here. Yes, they are. Ha ha ha! Oh, you are too kind. Thank you. Wow. Oh yeah. I love our Saturday crowd and the enthusiasm and the and the. And the strength of the audience is here today, and we are glad that you are with us here for another edition of The Queen's New Yorker. It is Saturday, October 24th, 2020. We are one week away from the Halloween episode, and oh man, you know what that means. It's going to get a little bit interesting around here, so we're going to have some freaky things going on, some surprises. We'll, Of course, when that episode happens, we will have it all ready for you. But today on our show, we're going to conclude the episode on the Bridges and Tunnels series that we talked about on Thursday that had a very good uh, 20 listens on this episode 137. It's part two of the Bronx Whitestone Bridge. Yes, give it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys are... Enjoying every bit of it, and we're glad of that. So, yep. cruising along here on our show and doing fine. Thank you very much for all your support in the Facebook groups. And, of course, if you're listening on Anchor, Spotify, or any of the other eight platforms, we thank you very much, too. And, and of course, if you'd like to make a financial contribution, donation to our great show for the future of the show to keep it going. You can donate a $0.99 a month, four ninety-nine 99 a month, or $9.99 a month, and that will continue to keep the shows going. And so that way it's a little contribution to say that you do take that extra step and making this show a great show that's going to be on for as long as we can. And we've been on now, what, six seasons? And even though we've been on different platforms for you know a year here, a year there, we've had six seasons of this show, and I am just truly grateful that you have uh, watched us one way or the other, whether it was back in 2015 or today, or are you catching up with us? However you're doing it. I thank you personally, and I know everybody in the Facebook groups that is associated with Queens, Richmond Hill, South Elzone Park. We're getting Hopefully I can get into the Woodhaven group and uh, help them out by uh, getting this great show, this great podcast to them as well. So let's uh, pick up where we left off. We're looking at, of course, the continuation of the Bronx-Whitestone Bridge. We're looking, of course, from the Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. We're going to finish up on increases in traffic, major repairs, and, of course, the tolls. All right? So in the late 1950s, the Whitestone Parkway and the portion of the Hutchinson River Parkway between the bridge and the Bruckner Exchange were converted to interstate highway standards. The Whitestone Parkway became the Whitestone Expressway, and the upgrade part of the Hutchinson River Parkway became the Hutchinson River Expressway. Now, in addition, the Van Wick between John F. Kennedy International Airport and Kew Gardens was extended northward to connect with the Whitestone Expressway and the Bronx-Whitestone Bridge. By 1965, the Bronx-Whitestone Bridge and the Whitestone, Van Wick, and Hutchinson River Expressways had been designated as part of Interstate 678. So remember that when you're driving and realized that Interstate 678 has a whole bunch of expressways connected to it. These highway upgrades were performed in preparation for the 1964 New York World's Fair, which was also held in Flushing Meadows Corona Park. And Around this time, the Bronx Whitestone Bridge was nearing its traffic capacity because it was the easternmost crossing of the East River between the Bronx and Queens. In 1957, to alleviate traffic loads on the Bronx-Whitestone Bridge, construction started on the Throgs Neck Bridge to the east. We'll talk about that bridge on Tuesday. After the Throgs Neck Bridge opened in '61, the Bronx-Whitestone Bridge recorded a corresponding 40% decline in traffic. According to a TBTA executive, traffic on the bridge ultimately decreased by more than half. And soon afterward, the 1964 World's Fair resulted in an increase in traffic on the Bronx-Whitestone Bridge. In the long run, use of the bridge continued to grow, and by 1978, there were about 31 million vehicles using the bridge annually. By 1985, the Whitestone Bridge carried 35 million vehicles annually, and more than 33 million recorded in 1960 before the Throgs Neck Bridge had opened as an alternative route. And there had been several plans to build a Long Island Sound Bridge east of the Bronx-Whitestone and Throgs Neck Bridges to relieve traffic on these crossings, although such a bridge remains unbuilt. November 11, 1968, a heavy storm with winds up to, of up to 80 miles per hour caused the Bronx-Whitestone Bridge's deck to bounce, causing about 30 motorists to abandon their cars. No one was injured, and the abandoned cars were towed away. Officials later stated that the bridge was not in danger of collapsing during the storm. But in March of 1990, the TBTA announced that the Bronx Whitestone Bridge would undergo a $20.3 million refurbishment. The anchorages, roadways, and drainage were to be repaired during off-peak hours for two years. Actual work took place between December 1989 and December of 91, And as the Throgs Neck Bridge was being repaired simultaneously, this caused... Major traffic jams at both bridges during the renovation. The bridge's expansion joints were replaced by the American Bridge Company, which had originally built the suspension towers. However, in 93, the sealant around the joints was observed to be deteriorating, necessitating additional repairs. By 2001, the Metropolitan Transportation Authority, the MTA, the TBTA successor, planned to spend 286 million in bridge renovations. 2003, the MTA restored the classic lines of the bridge by removing the stiffening trusses and installing fiberglass fairing along both sides of the road deck. This, the lightweight fiberglass fairing is triangular in shape, giving it an aerodynamic profile that allows crosswinds to flow through the bridge rather than hit the trusses. The removal of the trusses and other changes to the decking reduced the bridge's weight by 6,000 tons, accounting for some 25% of the mass suspended by the cables. And in addition, with the truss removals, the Bronx-Whitestone Bridge was able to withstand crosswinds of up to 150 miles per hour, whereas the trusses could resist crosswinds of no more than 50 miles per hour. The truss removal project also involved upgrading the lighting systems, including the bridge's light bulbs and the beacons atop the suspension towers, as well as replacing the sprinkler and electrical systems. In 2005, it was announced that the Bridges deck had to be replaced with a new steel orthotropic deck composed of prefabricated panels. One lane at a time needed to be closed and replaced so as to minimize traffic disruptions. During the deck replacement, five lanes were kept open at all times using a movable barrier, with three Bronx-bound lanes during the morning rush hour and three Queens-bound lanes during the evening rush. Other renovations included adding mass dampers to stabilize the bridge deck, repainting the two towers and the bridge deck, and installing variable message signs. The deck replacement was completed by 2007. However, cracks were soon observed in some of the new panels, and by 2014, cracks had been observed in 66 of the 408 panels necessitating approximately 1,000 feet of rib welds. The renovations were intended to extend the Bronx-Whitestone Bridge's lifespan indefinitely, and these improvements also accommodated the bridge's high traffic volumes. And by 2008, the bridge was being used by an average of 120,000 vehicles a day, amounting to 43 million crossings that year. The Queens and Bronx, Bronx approaches were replaced in a project that started in 2008, and as part of the project, each of the approaches' lanes was widened to 12 feet. The replacement of the bridge's approaches involved replacing 15 supporting piers and a 1,785 feet of roadway on the Bronx side, as well as 1,010 feet of viaduct on the Queens side, which helped support the wider lanes. The contract for the Bronx viaduct replacement was awarded in 2008, and it was completed in late 2012 at a cost of $212 million. The replacement of the Queens approach would cost $109 million when that was completed in May of 2015. During the renovation of that approach, the exit from northbound I-678 to 3rd Avenue was closed and rehabilitated. Now, as of March 31st, 2019, drivers pay $9.50 per car or $4 per motorcycle by tolls by mail. EasyPass users with transponders... Issued by the New York Easy Pass Customer Service Center, pay $6.12 per car or $2.66 per motorcycle. All Easy Pass users with transponders not issued by the New York Easy Pass CSC will be required to pay toll by mail rates. The toll plaza of the Bronx Whitestone Bridge, located on the Bronx side, originally contained 10 toll lanes but was later expanded. Easy Pass was introduced at the bridge in June of 96. Open road cashless tolling began on september thirtieth of twenty seventeen, and the toll boots which were at the Bronx end of the bridge were dismantled and drivers are no longer able to pay cash at the bridge. Instead, cameras and easy pass readers are mounted on new overhead gantries near where the boots were located. A vehicle without Easy Pass has a picture taken of its license plate and a bill for the toll is mailed to its owner. For Easy Pass users. Sensors detect their transponders wirelessly. So you could also look at the history of passenger cash tolls for the Bronx-Whitestone Bridge. From 1939 to 1972, the toll was only 25 cents. From 72 to 75, it went to 50 cents. 1975 to 80 was 75. 80 to 82 was a buck. And it just kept going up and up and up. And it really didn't go up much until the 2000s when it started hitting a $2 increase around 2010 to 2015 and 2015 to 2017. And since April of 2019, it's been nine fifty all the way. So that's still pretty good for a bridge that has almost spanned the test of time with the 1939 World's Fair, the 64 World's Fair, and really in that time frame, You could go on that bridge and not have to pay that much out of pocket. But now you have to do it with Easy Pass and the cashless way of life. And that's, of course, what we've adopted to. Finally, of course, to sum up the cross uh, or the Bronx Whitestone Bridge, the bridge carries two MTA regional bus operation routes the Q44. The SBS, operated by the MTA New York City Transit, and the Q50 Limited, formerly part of the QBX1, operated, operated by the MTA, of course. After the removal of the sidewalk starting in 1943, bicyclists were able to use QBX1 buses of the Queen's Surface Corporation, which could carry bicycles on the front mounted bike racks. However, since the Metropolitan Transportation Authority absorbed the bus routes formerly operated by Queen's Surface, The bike racks were eliminated, and in April of 1994, bike racks were installed onto QBX1 buses, but the bike-on-bus program was eliminated on February 27th of 2005, the same day as the MTA's takeover of the QBX1 route. After the QBX1 was placed by the Q50, the MTA reintroduced bike racks on Q50 buses early in 2018. And there you have it. The conclusion of the Bronx-Whitestone Bridge. Yes. Oh, yes. Wonderful. Oh, yeah. All right, so starting on Tuesday, we're going to be looking at the final bridge that spans the East River. And, of course, the name of that bridge is Throg's Neck. And the bridge's name derives from John Throck Morton, who first settled Throg's Neck. The traditionally correct spelling is with two Gs. And Robert Moses, chairman of the Triborough Bridge and Tunnel Authority, which built the bridge, likely chose the variant with one G because it was easier to spell. (laughs) yes so we'll look at that bridge on tuesday probably will be a two-parter of tuesday and thursday and then we move on from the east river to the next river which is the harlem river and we've got bridges that span that river very well like the wards island one that's going to be a that's going to be a one-parter so we might do wards island we've done the Triborough bridge already the Wills Avenue bridge would be a two would be like a part uh, one part or two i'm not sure we might even do the the Harlem River bridges because they don't have that much history looking at the, that so i'm looking forward to seeing which ones have longer histories it doesn't really look like they have that much history going on so then we would go down to the Hudson River to the big one George Washington, that would be a great one. That is going to have a lot of history to it. And it's got some uh, pretty big stories to go on. And we'll be looking at that one after the Throgs next. So we'll take a look at that and really span our way onto it. Then we go to the Verrazano, the Kosciuszko, the Pulaski. Oh, man, there's, there's so much... So many bridges, and we'll just pick and choose from each one to give you a fair chance, and then we'll move into tunnels. So our series on bridges and tunnels is going to be a long one, folks, just like the history of transportation. We hope you'll stay with us the whole time to uh, enjoy and take part in the great historic stories that will be coming out of these great landmarks that have spanned the test of time. I'm Jason Acanio, and remember, of course, be honest, be real, keep it simple, stupid, kiss. And, of course, always tell the truth no matter what, because no one likes to be a nut monkey. It's not fun at all. (laughs) I know that for a fact, so don't lie, okay? We'll see you on Tuesday on the Queens, New Yorker, right here on Anchor and the 8 Platforms. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Tuesday. Bye-bye you have been watching the queen's new yorker this is jason kelly on a jason De internet presentation thank you for your support